This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. And welcome to the Therese Paler Show each and every Monday, 7 o'clock right here on 610 Sports Radio. Following Chiefs Kingdom and the great Mitch Holtis, Trez Paler, senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports. Give a follow on Twitter at Therese Paler, also a Hall of Fame voter. He will not put me in. What's up, Therese? <laughs> You're being in my heart, Bink. <laughs> How's it going, man? <laughs> hey, and we'll get to it in segment four, but no combine for us. That's where I junk out, man. I know. I know. It um that it stinks for a lot of us. That's a great Networking opportunity for many of us. And um, it sucks because that's when I know like draft season's here, you know. And I mean, for me too, like because I work for Yahoo, I get a chance to like interview a lot of these guys one-on-one. Like that's when I knew I really, really liked Patrick Queen or that like I was okay with Kyler Murray's like silent nature. Like it plays, you know. So like this hurts me too, you know. It's going to really show you who's your GMs and who's your best scouts in the National Football League. This is going to be a telltale year, to be honest with you, Therese. Yeah. But uh, start with the Chiefs and the great win over Cleveland as they're in their third straight AFC championship game. It's never been done before in the AFC. It's only mm-hmm. been done once in the NFC, and that was Andy Reid. But I did want right. to start with this, Therese, because I didn't know that you were an expert at this, but Andy Reid told us what you were. Like you would around the dinner table, and uh, you and I are experts at that. Were you expecting that, Therese? <laughs> I had to go back and cut it. I was like, did he say that Therese is an excellent? He goes, hey, Therese, he called you T. And then he said, you know, experts at the dinner table. You're going to take yeah, that, Therese? Pretty... You've been on a diet, man. Yeah, no, well, I'm, I'm, I don't believe in diets. I just, I eat a lot of seafood, <laughs> but... Uh... You know, look, this is no secret. You know, I'm a big dude. You know what I mean? Me and Andy got that in common, you know. I think you are too, Bank. Like, well, you know, we like Oh, he's our, always teased like me about my size. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you, you know, we got we got the big guy. Uh, we got the big guy uh, uh, club here going on. There's an understanding here, man. So, no, nah, it's fun. Coach Coach Reed, you know, when you're a big guy, like, he'll, he'll make that joke. Oh, yeah. He throws himself into it, so it's all good. I'll never forget 2013 uh, the, during the draft. You know, they always had that nice dinner and everything, right? And I always go down there for the draft coverage. He saw me in the hallway before he got in the elevator and said, what do you think of the food? What do you think of the food? And I was like, man, <laughs> the food is different since you took over, man. I'm not going to lie. I liked it, man. Nice job. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's so funny. No, that's his thing, man. Like, I think he uses it to get ahead of it himself. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. you know? He does. Andy, Andy will bust chops a little bit. Oh, so yeah. If he, oh, yeah. If, he, if he gets out there on his own about, you know, the heavy thing, then you can't really attack that either. I get it. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a game to talk about, Trez, and it, it finished out like this. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to advance in the AFC playoffs. The Chiefs are going to host the AFC championship game for the third consecutive year. That has never, ever, ever happened in the history of the AFC. And the Chiefs, we will monitor what will happen with Patrick Mahomes in the concussion protocol, but the Chiefs hold on to beat the Cleveland Browns and get a playoff victory in the divisional playoffs. They are moving on, beating the Browns 22-17. to 17. And, Therese, you had a nice article out about that game in the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes' concussion scare reminds the Chiefs there's only one thing they can't control in quest to repeat. And you say defending a championship is hard in any sport. In a world full of alpha, alpha athletes, you become the hunted, and the one that great teams and players, all of whom are, by nature, far more competitive than you or I could even dream of, measure themselves against you. This is a part of your article on Yahoo, and it's 100% true. You become the hunted. Yeah, that's right. And this is obvious in America, right? 16 games of being the hunted is pretty draining. And, um, you know, it, at the end of the day, you can't control the luck part of it. And that's that's the one thing you can't control. Like, you need good luck. This Chiefs team historically over the last 25 years has the most in common with the 98 Broncos and the 04, 04 Patriots. Those were two defending champion teams that it wound up going back to back in just kick butt 14 and two dominant seasons. Um, and I think the Chiefs have been our best back to back bet since the 04 Patriots, which might be the best championship team of their six, right? Um, and, but, but the point is like the 98 Broncos and 04 Patriots don't become back to back champs if they lose their quarterback due to an injury in the playoffs, right? So, um, you know, they, they can't control that. But, you know, the good news is that concussion scare, you know, is what that was. You know, he still got to get through the protocol. But, you know, I can I can tell you this, you know, my guys, the people I, tr I, I feel like this is I think I think I think people people are optimistic that he's going to be ready to go on Sunday. And I think the league is going to be better for that. We all want to see Mahomes, Josh Allen chiefs bills like i think that's best for pro football and especially if mahomes can get to the super bowl because no matter which team wins over there that is a ratings bonanza whether that's mahomes versus brady or mahomes versus rogers you can't draw that up better for the nfl no it's what the nfl uh, wants uh carrington harrison had a report out earlier today and he said a source told me patrick has passed all his tests last night that's what Reed was saying, too. He didn't actually hit his head. There was a nerve in his neck that got tweaked and made uh, him out of it. He's he, Well, he, he went out is what he's saying. He's getting testing done on his neck nerve today, but did clear all tests last night. He is in the protocols, Therese, but he doesn't probably have a concussion. But, again, these protocols we probably won't find out for sure till Thursday or Friday. It works perfectly with gamesmanship. Listen, the Bills aren't idiots. They're preparing for Mahomes. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, and again, just, you know, look, he's got to go through the, like, he's in the concussion protocol, but I just think that, you know, 
yeah, I've heard, you know, some of that, that, you know, this is not really what this is, right? But, you know, you, you do this long enough, you kind of never know what can pop up in the days following stuff. So, you know, we'll see what pops up from it. But no, at this point, you know, there's certainly a sense of optimism that he's going to be ready to go. And, um, you know, I I think I think if you're a Chiefs fan, like you're like, OK, we escaped one here, you know, because, um, you know, he's had his little scares before, too, injury wise. But just remember, man, the people around this guy describe him as a warrior. So, you know, he's not the kind of guy that's going to miss the AFC championship game in a bid for history unless he literally can't get out there. Just know that. Like, if there's any way he can play, he will. And I do think that's the general expectation, that this dude is going to be ready to go on Sunday. Well, that's he, just yeah. me saying that. He tried to play in that game still. Like, he won, yep. and he ran off the field. Where's your? I know we're not doctors, Therese. We didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. But, you know, what percentage of chance would you say it is for Mahomes to play this? Because I'm, like, almost 95% confident that he plays. Yeah, I, I think it's really high. I don't want to put a percentage on it, but I, you know, I said on the podcast in this afternoon, like, again, things are really optimistic that he's going to be ready to go. Um, and if I had to put money on it, I'd, I'd feel comfortable putting a decent chunk on him being able to go. That's the best way I can say it. <laughs> well, that's all you need to say right there, Therese. All right, let's talk about that. Was about a little over seven minutes left in the third quarter. Let's talk about two plays that are going to go down in Kansas City lore. I'm talking Chad Henney won't have to buy a drink in this town, probably get a deal on automobiles, you name it. And a big part of it was this run on uh, third down that almost netted the first down where fourth down wouldn't have happened. Ball will be snapped in the center of the field, and Henney wants to throw it. Henney's scrambling and comes to the near side. He's at the 40, 45, 50. Henney dives. He's close to a first down at the 49-yard line. Really, really close. Chad Henney jumps up and waves his arm toward the stands. He didn't quite have it, Therese, but all right, here's where we're sitting, okay? Fourth down at your 48. This is where the big cojones come into play, okay? Andy Reid's aggressiveness. They said, you know, it wasn't Mahomes in the game. It was Henney. And not only that, but throwing the football, we'll see what he's going to do. He goes back, or uh, Henny goes back in shotgun, and you're thinking, okay, what are they going to do? I mean, they're not going to run the ball clearly out of, out of shotgun. This isn't even going to be a quarterback sneak. What were you thinking at this point? Because I'll say this, Cleveland Browns were horrible this year on fourth down. 81.5% of the time, they gave up a first down. 22 of 27 times, they have yielded a first down on fourth down. Only the Raiders were worse, but they had 10 less tries. This is a bad team on fourth down. How much did that come into the equation? Well, I think that I think that situational football is where Cleveland's got to get better this offseason, especially on defense. Like, they need to improve their defense. And, you know, look, that was always going to come back to bite them against the Chiefs team with two weeks to prepare. Um, you know, Andy Reid's short yardage plays, Andy Reid's um, and Eric Bieniemy's fourth down, third down plays. Like, it's going to be A1. So they had the right thing dialed up, of course. Like, the sprint right options basically uncoverable. You know, I thought it was really – I mean, I mean, the gutsy thing is that they did it at Miles Garrett. Like, you know, and I thought Rimmers and the running back did a nice job, like, eliminating that guy because it wouldn't have – yeah, I mean, it wasn't out of the question for someone with that athleticism and that arm length and that that ability to disrupt the play either by, you know, forcing an incompletion or by tipping it down. So those guys were really key to the play. Um, 
I'm not surprised they went for it on fourth down. Like, you know, you don't have Mahomes, but you're at midfield. Um, that would have been a big, like, a momentum swing. And, you know, I, I think Cleveland's dangerous. So, like, at the end, like, you have to, you have to go win the game. Like, you have to win. Like, it's important for you not to lose the game for your team, but you also have to go win the game. So, like, it was certainly the right call. Like, you go for it. It's You need inches. Like, this is a great offense. We have Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. Like, there you go. Now, will they be able to run that again in a gotta-have a situation? No chance. Like, at this point, like, that, you know, that that's going to be scouted well. You might be able to do, like, a, you know, a quarterback pivot counter off of it or something, but that'd be slow developing. Um, the, the point is... And honestly, Bink, they probably wouldn't even need it. Like, again, Andy's collection of short yardage and got to have a third down plays is A1. So, you know, they'll, they'll get to a situation where they need it. If they got in a similar situation, they could dial up something completely different. So I wasn't surprised. It was the right call. Even though they said they're not going to run a sneak with Patrick Mahomes, if they get down to the Super Bowl in that situation, no one's thinking about it. Rest, the defense is resting, not expecting it. I could see him doing it. Here's how the play ended up on that fourth down that you were just talking about. They snap it. They're going for it. They flood it right. Caught Tyreek Hill. Stays in bounds. The same play that they closed the game out against New Orleans. They do it to Cleveland. And Chad Henney out of the bullpen. Incredible job on a third and 14 scramble for 15. They called 13 and a half. Comes back on a roll to the right side. Deking Cleveland into thinking they were going to run the clock, and they find Tyreek Hill on the right flat. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to advance in the AFC playoffs. All right, Therese, you've been around this town a long time. In the lore of Kansas City plays, where does this one sit? Because we all have memories of great plays the Chiefs did. We all talk about the home's left-handed pass, and no-look pass against Baltimore. We talk about these things. Where does the Henny to Hill to sell the game end up in Chiefs lore? Uh, I mean, honestly, it depends on how this season finishes. Like, honestly, like it, it's always going to be memorable. But if if that's a key play, like if these guys end up winning the Super Bowl, that will go down as like, you know, arguably the like the biggest play or one of the biggest plays of this run. So like, it depends on how they finish. You know, let's see them get to the Super Bowl. Even if they get to the Super Bowl but don't win it, like it it'd be below anything that happened last year. You know, um, so let's see how it goes, man. Like it, it comes down to how the season ends and how you know the story would be. Hey, the 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 play that saved the season with no Mahomes on the field. So it totally comes down to how they finish this season. But you know, like you said, you know, um, Mahomes goes. That's a big game. I think him and Josh Allen have been circling each other as rivals in a friendly way for a while. Um, you know, uh, I, I think we've certainly got some other big moments to come this postseason. No question. Listen to Therese Paler show. We'll get into that Buffalo Bills game. But coming up next, Therese, I want to talk about some of the unsung guys for the Chiefs that really stepped up in this game. Plus, I want to take a look at that touchback play as well. I want to get your opinions on just the rule. It was it was done to perfection, but I want to know your opinions on the rule. And we'll take a look at that Buffalo Chiefs game. We'll do all that next on the Therese Paler show. You're listening to the Therese Paler show. Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Therese Paler Show. Give my man a follow on Twitter, at Therese Paler, senior NFL writer 
Yahoo Sports, also the NFL Yahoo uh, Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson. They're dropping them live. Make sure you check it out there. A little Breeze and Brady action in that podcast as well. Trez, unsung guys for the Chiefs, guys that people aren't going to be talking about. I put uh, Darrell Williams on there on offense. On defense, I put Legereus Sneed. Three sacks and three straight starts for Sneed. It was DeAndre Baker before he was hurt getting the sack against the Chargers. But we've seen four cornerback blitzes work perfectly the last four games for Spags. Yeah, I really like that dude as a football player. He shows like a lot of toughness. As a blitzer, he's good at that. He's also got like, you know, pretty good cover skills for like, you know, like for a rookie. So I think that guy's like upside is really high. I think he's going to be a really good player in this league. Um, and I like your pick of Williams. Like, I know, I mean, honestly, when we heard that Clyde Edwards Elair wasn't going to go, most people assumed it was going to be Le'Veon Bell. Well, Bell just had two touches in this game. It was Darrell Williams who who handled the the load for the most part. So um, I know pretty good chance Edward Delair is going to be back. But, um, you know, that was a really good job by Darrell Williams to take care of business, man. Like, I thought that he did a um, a, a good job, um, you know, stepping in there and getting things done. So, you know, that, that's, that's the thing. Like, these guys, you know, Kelsey's going to show up. Hill's going to show up. Mahomes is going to show up, but they always seem to find some guys who, who kind of step up when necessary and play well when the lights come on. And that that that's as much the makings of a championship team or the sign of a championship be- th- team than anything. What are you making of Le'Veon Bell, Therese? Because I'll go back to that Saints game against that number two defense. He ended up with 76 yards of total offense. They had him even in the slot in certain situations. Now, he hasn't been on the injury report with that knee. And I don't know how much that's affected him, but he was extremely effective in that Saints game against a really good defense in New Orleans. And then I thought, okay, they're starting to acclimate him more, but then it's been Williams. Do you think the knee is bothering Le'Veon, or do you think it's something else? You know, if his if his if he's on the report, you know, that that's a pretty good sign that that dude's banged up, you know. So no, I'm sure it's bothering him. And honestly, even before then talking to some scouts, you know, they all mentioned that, you know, listen, the the, the skill sets there, the catching, the blocking, the vision, he still has all that. It's just a little less juice in the body. And that, that kind of shown a little bit, right? So you can have all your skills and, and, and still have them, but maybe not be the same athlete you were. He was never like a dynamic athlete. So I think you add that to the fact that he's a little banged up and that's how the Chiefs could have decided Williams is the right guy for them right now. I, I, I think it's, I really do think it's both those factors. Therese, here was kind of a huge play in the game. Matter of fact, it was going to be my play of the game on the postgame show up until Henny sealed it with Hill. It was that big of a play from Dan Sorensen and really the game-changing play when you think about the touchdown being pulled off the board, but it's about the touchback play. And this has been this has been debated across NFL circles. Do you like the play or not? It is what it is. You can't fumble the ball out of the end zone in college football or pro football, but here's how it went down. Jarvis Landry sneaks out into a left slot. Mayfield holding, comes back to the near side. A man wide open at the five, stumbling for the pylon. The ball's out and fumbled out of the end zone. It'll be a touchback. It was caught by Njoku at the one. Then he dove for the pylon, lost control of the ball. Gigantic, gigantic fumble. It is a touchback. The Chiefs keep 
Cleveland off the scoreboard on this drive. Or was it Higgins was the intended receiver? He was diving. Higgins was diving for the pylon. Well played by Sorensen. The ball was fumbled out of bounds, but in the end zone. That, by rule, is a touchback. Field is a catch, followed by a fumble that went through the end zone, which by rule results in a touchback. Trez, it ended up being a huge play in this game, taking a touchdown away from the Cleveland Browns. I've heard people debating the touchback rule, but I'll say this. That's the rules, man. You can't do it in the end zone. You can fumble anywhere else on the field, but you do it on the sacred grounds of the end zone. You can't do it. What do you think about this rule? Look, I'm fine with it. Like, I know that's not popular. but I am too. The rule has been the rule for decades. So, like, coaches teach you not to reach. Like, they teach you not to stretch. Like Belichick. So, so basically, if you stretch, that's on you. I mean, you might get it, but there's a risk there, too. And I'm fine with the risk being there. Um, like, I get it. Like, it, it, it sucks. Like, it's a brutal it's a brutal turnover to have. But coaches teach you not to do it. And there's a reason why. It's not like it hasn't been a part of the league for a while. So, I'm okay with it. I, I think there does need to be a... You know, a risk factor for doing that. Um, you know, and, and look, it it's it's a brutal beat, but the game is the game. Like it is what it is. There. All right, here's the Chiefs' next opponent. This was Saturday night. Zeros on the clock. Seventeen points for the Bills. Three for the Baltimore Ravens. And the Buffalo Bills advance to the AFC Championship game next Sunday. All right, Therese, we got the AFC title game for the third straight year in Kansas City. Never been done in the AFC. This is a rematch. From 1994, the 93 season, 94, it was the last time the Buffalo Bills, after that great stretch that they had, were in the AFC title game. Joe Montana versus Jim Kelly, even though Joe got hurt and Dave Craig played quite a bit. But a rematch of that game. Not an overly impressive game for the Bills, just 220 yards of total offense. Yeah, that was an interesting game, but we knew that was going to be a slobber knocker. The, the the Ravens were playing really well offensively, so I'm impressed by the fact that the Bills' defense held those guys to three points. Crazy. Three points. That says a lot to me. Um, you know, I think their defense is rounding into shape at the right time. I think they did a great job containing the Ravens' uh, multiple run game, um, and they did a really nice job pressuring um, and affecting and, and playing a coverage that kind of confused Lamar Jackson. They did a good job with it. You know, there's a lot of cover zero in there. You know, it was, it was a good it was a good scheme. It was a good scheme by them. And then offensively, man, I, I I'm not gonna knock the Bills because they only scored 17 points. The Ravens defense is really really good. And you know, when you hold the Bills to 17 points, you should win the game. But I think the Ravens are at a point now where. Like, the offense has been killing it in the regular season, but they have to find a way to generate the same production in the postseason. What does that look like? I'm not sure. Does that mean they need to move to more of the Shanahan-style system with the heavy emphasis on the run and then the play-action boot stuff? Maybe. Maybe they could use more of that. I don't know what that looks like. You know, I, I do know that they could probably use a number one receiver, like a legit 6'2 guy. You know, actually someone like Allen Robinson. But... You know, I, I think that would help them because he actually fits like kind of what they want to be about. But uh, and he's eager to win. But I, I look, Buffalo, good win over a good team. Now they come into Kansas City, and it'd be very fascinating to see how that coaching staff 
decides to switch things up after losing to the Chiefs in week six. I was on their um, Zoom calls today. You know, I, I, you know, look, they, they've taken what happened in that first game and they're going to they're going to take some lessons from that moving forward. But the funny thing is, I actually think they played the right style of defense against Kansas City. Like they really didn't rush many guys. Like they only rushed four or three, and sometimes they blitz. But you know the smart teams in this league don't blitz Mahomes. Like they 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 you don't do that because he lights it up. He, I think he's thrown every interception the last few years against um, against less than four men or four men rushing. He doesn't he doesn't throw interceptions against the blitz. You can't do it. So um, that's a long way to say that. I'm impressed by the team. I'm impressed by their coaching staff on a technical level. I cannot wait to see some of the adjustments the Bills are going to try to make this time around because I think if the Chiefs win that game, that's going to tell me a lot about where their strengths and weaknesses are and how the next team they face in the Super Bowl will try to attack them on both sides of the football. Speaking of that Bills Zoom call, I watched the thing myself. McDermott talked for over 19 minutes and Dayball for 24. Someone tell them Mm -hmm. that's too long. That's too long for them to talk. <laughs> Speaking of McDermott, this is what he says about his defense getting better since the last time the Chiefs played him. Well, I mean, again, we'll see. I mean, we got our work cut out for us. You know, it's uh, they're a tough offense to stop, and um, you know, so they've got weapons. They've got a good system, as I've said before, well coached, and um, you know, as I mentioned before, whether Patrick plays or or Henny plays. Uh, you know, I thought I was impressed by, by when he came in and did a good job and helped them win the game. All right, here's the Buffalo Bills. They believe it's their time. This was a team that played well last year as well, so they're taking those steps. They won that playoff game this year, AFC title game this year. You know Bills Mafia is going to be lighting themselves on fire and jumping through tables on this one, Therese. <laughs> you know they're coming. You know they're coming to Kansas City, but I'll say this. They could not stop the run. The Chiefs gashed them for 245 mm-hmm. yards. All right, chess match this game. How does Andy Reid play it? Does he say, well, we ran the ball well on him last time. Do we continue to do it? You keep pointing out the three losses they've had, they've given up over 200 yards rushing a game, and they really didn't, uh, weren't doing well against the run against the Ravens. And Lamar Jackson didn't even play the fourth quarter. They faced Huntley. What are you expecting from the Bills in the run game? Will the Chiefs flip it, flip the script, and start throwing on them? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to let him. I, I think, I think Leslie Frazier's smart. I think they're going to, I really do. I, I think they're going to rush for, I do. And I think they'll play coverage and make Mahomes go the length of the field, except in like certain situations. And especially early, I think early considering he's coming back from this, you are going to see them try to heat up Mahomes. He's going to have to prove he can handle the blitz like he normally does because of the injury he's coming off of. Like he's going to have to prove he can handle it. Um, and if he does, like say he goes six for six on the opening drive, then you will see, you know, the coverage. You'll see the cover four and stuff. You'll see the zone coverage. But early, early, I actually do think that you will see them, especially on third downs, try to heat them up a little bit, maybe simulated pressures, you know, just, just try to heat them up to see if this is really the same Patrick Mahomes. And you might he might get burnt a little bit doing that, but, you know, Leslie Frazier might. But I, I do think that's the right way to go because if he doesn't have it, 
you want to know that early. That's information you're going to want to know and, and, and attack. So um, that I, that is what I expect the Bills game plan to be. If Mahomes proves that he's Mahomes against the Blitz early on the first drive or two, then you'll see them play their coverage, use light boxes, and force them to win the game with Daryl Williams, Clyde Edwards-Elair coming off the hip injury. And I think, honestly, I think that's the right way to go if you're Buffalo. But to go with that, you can't just say, hey, we're going to run the football and, and grind the clock. That doesn't work against Kansas City. Like, you still have to score points. And Brian Dable today did say we need to score. So they're going to come out and do what they need to do offensively to move the ball, control the clock, and score points, whether that's run or pass. And I think that will be their strategy. Throw, throw you know, the kitchen sink at the, at the Chiefs offensively. Like, use the Bills offense to throw the kitchen sink at the Chiefs defense. Then try to heat up Mahomes early. And then if that works, if that doesn't work, then you play off. Then you, then you make them earn their way down the field. That, that is my guess on how this goes. Don't forget you can text your questions in for Ask Therese for the final segment of the show. It's 913-576-7610, the Jay Southland Toe Service text line. Coming up next, something I noticed the Chiefs doing against the Browns, and I'm curious if it'll parlay itself into the Bills game. Plus, we'll look, take a look at the NFC and take a look at who the Chiefs could face in the Super Bowl if they beat the Bills. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show. We do all that next. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to the Therese Paler Show at Therese Paler on Twitter, senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports. All right, Therese, something stood out to me in that game. And yes, Hill and Kelsey got their yards. But in the beginning, you know, it was maybe sprinkling in the Pringle, sprinkling in the Hardman. They seem to uh, zig when everybody else zags, right? Everybody's yeah, expecting man. Hill and Kelsey, and they, it's the opposite of what you expect, and Hardman was going off on him. Yeah, I appreciate the way they use Hardman. Like they, He's doing like the things he does best. You know, I appreciate that. Um, it was so dangerous with the ball in his hands, right? Um, and then Pringle. I think Pringle's got a chance to be a decent player in this league, man. He can I'm looking forward to more from him in the future. Like He does the dirty work, special team stuff. I know Tobe likes him. Um, and then he's got a little juice as a receiver. Like, I like that dude, man. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him next year. Rodgers up to the line of scrimmage for what should be the final snap of the game. He drops to a knee, and that will do it for the fourth time in the last seven seasons. The Packers punch their ticket to the NFC title game. Packers 32, Rams 18. The Packers win the game against the Rams. They actually had 8,456 fans in Lambeau. Believe it or not, this is Aaron Rodgers' fifth trip to the NFC title game, but his first in Lambeau. Yeah, I couldn't believe that when I heard that. That doesn't feel right, but I know it is. Because um, those other, I think it was Seattle and Atlanta and another one I can't remember. So, yeah, no, listen, man, this is a big deal for them. That's going to be a hard place for Tampa Bay to win, you know. There's not a great history of warm weather teams going up to cold weather cities in January and turning out okay. Um, but but I think even though the Packers offense didn't like kill it in this game, this was a really good example of, you know, why they're so good. They actually do have a historically great offense over the last two decades um, as far as efficiency goes and percentage of drives that end with a touchdown. They are third. No, they're second. They're second behind the 2007 Patriots. 
um, as far as the highest percentage of drives that end in a touchdown and just ahead of the 2018 Chiefs, um, a team, I think, whose efficiency this group is still trying to chase. So um, look, I, the, the Packers offense is really outstanding. I think their defense makes enough plays in general um, to win when they need it. And um, I really can't wait for Bucks. Packers and Brady Rogers on the biggest of stages. This is going to be great. No question about it. And speaking of the Bucks and Saints, final knee taken by Tampa Bay. You just you don't execute. You got to have played, and and that is what it is. And in the playoffs, you can't do those things against any team. And and quite honestly, this is the second year in a row that we've watched the Saints do that in this stadium. Third time, not a charm for the Saints over mm. the Buccaneers. Um, there's really some dream scenarios playing out, Therese. This is Brady versus Rodgers, part two this season. This is uh, if Mahomes can get through the Bills, you're talking about State Farm Super Bowl with Rodgers and Mahomes, or you're talking Mahomes versus the GOAT once again. And both would be amazing. Like, I'm all for Mahomes-Brady, you know, four. <laughs> what was that oh, yeah. this would be? Like, I'm ready for it. Like, I, w- I would love to see it. Or maybe five. I don't know. But – um that or Rodgers, I mean, Rodgers is an outstanding player, and I know Rodgers would take that personally because in a lot of ways Mahomes does, like, rodgers things, but, like, I don't know if Aaron gets the credit for some of the stuff that for the era he helped usher in, you know? So, um, you know, I, I, I know Rodgers. Like, beating Mahomes, I mean, honestly, beating Brady, then beating Mahomes would be a huge feather in his cap as far as, like, him being remembered um as the all-time great of this decade or last two. And, and look, he already is a Hall of Famer, right? But I'm just telling you, like, getting that second Super Bowl ring really does matter. Like, it does as far as how you're looked at histor- um, history-wise. A lot of the great quarterbacks of all time have all won multiple from Joe Montana, you know, to Troy Aikman, to Terry Bradshaw. You can really go right John Elway. You can go down the line, man. Like, it, that's a big deal, and it's hard to do, my friend. So, yeah, I think that's something – um, Ben Ben Roethlisberger, obviously. Um, I think that's something, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that shakes out. Well, Therese, this is the Ask Therese segment coming up next, 913-576-7610. Your questions to Therese Paler and Therese. Two openings left for Eric Bieniemy, and supposedly he just finished his interview with mm-hmm. the Texans. The Eagles, that still stands out there for Eric Bieniemy. We'll talk Eric Bieniemy and your questions next. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Therese Paler Show. Therese Paler, senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports. Therese, let's go around the NFL. Well, according to Adam Schefter, uh, Eric Bieniemy's interview with the Houston Texans is done. There's two jobs open, that and Philly. It would be bringing back another piece of Andy Reid. They seem infatuated with the Andy Reid guys going back to Doug Peterson uh, with the Eagles. But I'm curious where you think he'll actually end up or will he end up back with the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, I think that um, one team to keep an eye, one one guy to keep an eye on for the Eagles, you know, my guys think Josh McDaniels is getting that job. So um, we'll see about that. We'll see where he lands. Um, but but that's kind of where I'm leaning there. I think McDaniels might end up being the, the pick for the Eagles. Um, so it's Houston or Kansas City? Yeah, yeah. And I think um, I think if Houston was smart, they would hire Eric. 
I think that's that's definitely one of the avenues that could help him help that team retain Deshaun Watson, who's really unhappy. Um, and 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 I think that has to be entertaining because if you lose Deshaun Watson, there's no guarantee you'll ever get another quarterback as good as him, right? So um, I, I think I think that's a possibility. Um, I think whenever you can get an offer, like you'll take it as a head coach in general. So if they offered him the job, um, I'd have a hard time saying he'd say no to it. So, um, but 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 these guys have surprised. <laughs> Look, I, I thought he was getting hired before. Oh, I didn't. And nothing surprises me anymore. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he's back in Kansas City. Here's what I do know: if he if he winds up back here and he coaches in Kansas City. 2021 he will focus completely on making himself a better coach and when the time comes he does get an opportunity to be a head coach because he will at some point he will um he's gonna kill it you know he's gonna kill it because he has an ability to draw the best out of players while not kissing their butts you know he can be a tough coach and a disciplinarian while letting them know letting those players know he loves them and that's a hard line um to draw and a hard walk to walk but he can do it I think he's going to have a lot of success when he gets that chance, whenever it comes. He was he was hand-stamped by Andy Reid. That should carry some weight in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes, which shocks me because he's played for Andy Reid. He's been here every day with Andy Reid. He's been every day with Patrick Mahomes. You would think that would be attractive to an NFL team, but we've seen Arthur Smith to Atlanta, Robert Sala to the Jets, Urban Meyer to Jacksonville. It looks like uh, with the Detroit Lions, going to be Dan Campbell from the Saints. Brandon Staley, one year's D coordinator to the Chargers, which is interesting to me. I thought that was going to be the best fit for Eric Bieniemy, but evidently no. they're just not listening to the show. Well, listen, these 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 teams have a different criteria than us, man. Like you just never know in this league, right? Um, I, I mean, but but look, I digging into that a little bit. You know, that's also about money too. Like you know, the Chargers have a reputation for not spending a whole lot. Um, by hiring Brandon Staley, they get a chance to replace their head coach, Anthony Lynn, give their defense the overhaul they want to. But um, by hiring the defensive coach, you know, there's a chance you can keep the offensive coordinator that helped um, that helped Justin Herbert thrive. You know, like Shane Steichen did a nice job this year, you know. So, um, I mean, there's an opportunity that they could bring him back or – you know, whatever they end up doing. Like, it's also a money play for them, my man. So, that'd be interesting to see what happens there. And, um, you know, I think uh, Staley is a really promising head coach. But... One year! <laughs> that One year as a coordinator is crazy. Like, Eric <laughs> Bieniemy's been a player. He was a player for 10 and an assistant coach for 20. And he, I mean, he's ready. He's definitely ready. So sometimes you just have to laugh to keep yourself from crying. I get the Rams had a good defense, but they had Jalen Ramsey, and they had the best defensive player on the planet, Aaron Donald. You know, and they were still, what, top 15 a season ago, but whatever. Hey, real quick, Therese, how bad is that Deshaun Watson situation? Because I, I wasn't a fan when they had called Eric Bieniemy. We're going to do an interview because of the whole situation. That thing is, is a messed up. And your quarterback's pissed, and you're talking trades. People are talking trades, even though Deshaun Watson demanded one. But everything I'm hearing, that is a complete, the complete dumpster fire going on there now. Yeah, yeah. I mean the, and I mean it was really around Easterby too, Jack Easterby, who at this point, 
you know, he's getting like these long features told about investigative pieces. Like, no one has time for that in the NFL. Like, no one, like, they don't, it's hard enough to win without stuff like that coming out. So, they got to figure out the Easterby situation. They, they got to reduce his influence, move him to the background, um, you know, and then they got to nail this head coaching higher. Like, they got to nail it, and they got to find a way to put out the Deshaun Watson fire. I do think it's real. I do think he's unhappy. Um, I do think he feels disrespected in some way. I don't think it's completely untenable like Wentz and Doug Peterson, but I, I do think they've got to take some steps to make things right. And they also have to change things, how they how they do things in that organization um, to be a touch more player-friendly. They do. Looks like a uh, changing in the guard of New Orleans. Here's Drew Brees after the game. This your last game? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll answer this this question one time and that is that I'm going to give myself an opportunity to you know, think about the season, think about a lot of things just like I did last year and um, make a decision. It's time, Drew. He spent a lot of time on that field after the game where they had to put the lights back on for him. His family's down there. That's the mark of a guy soaking things up for the final time. Yeah, that guy's done and um, he's had a great career. He'll be a Hall of Famer but the play, the complete inability to push the ball downfield, like it's time, it's time. I, in a lot of ways, I thought that offense was more dangerous than Taysom Hill. So, no, it, it's time, it's been a great career. I get it, you know, um, he wanted to give it another go, but you know, that team went all in and they didn't go all in to get to the divisional round. So, you know, the time is right. You know, he, he was beat up this year pretty badly. Um, you know, he, he couldn't stretch. The, and you got to stretch the field in today's NFL. You just got to do it. So it was a no, great it, roster. it's time. And that's okay. What's going to happen next? Are they going to go Taysom Hill or will they give Jameis a shot? Hard to say, man. Um, you know, they, they, they promised Taysom the opportunity to play if Drew got hurt. They fulfilled that. But the offseason is a different game now, right? That's a completely different endeavor. I don't think Sean Payton's um, looking to completely rebuild for a year. You know, I think he's looking to hand it to somebody he can develop and maybe be good, like really good again in 2022. So that could be somebody on the roster right now or somebody that becomes available um, this offseason via trade or in free agency. Like nothing will really surprise me there, but um, I don't expect them to want to undergo some long rebuild. Like they're going to be looking to retool this thing fairly quickly without Drew. Therese, this question comes from the 954. Evening, guys. Two-part questions tonight, Jay. First, does Therese think Snead or someone else matches up better against Diggs? How do you take Diggs out? I will say this. Through 10 weeks of the season, the Chiefs were right up there at the top of allowing wide receiver reception. Yeah, yeah, they were. Um, you know, and, and you know, one thing I'll say, like, you know, the Chiefs' defense in terms of DVOA, like isn't great, but they're way better as far as DVOA against the pass than they are against the run. So, you know, I do think there's a scenario there where um, where where they're going to be okay against the pass against Buffalo. I think Buffalo will come out throwing. One thing to remember here, like what, what's less important than who matches up is how they play. Um, this is a Buffalo team that can throw it deep, that can throw it short. You got to play with tremendous eye discipline because in the secondary because they love love like these deep overs and crossers so the communication has to be on point like I don't think it's going to be a like matchup situation between the corners on digs but they will be passing guys off when they play zone 
and they have to understand their responsibilities and their route combinations and make sure that they don't let these receivers stack them. Like they don't let these receivers get behind them. So it, 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 this is less about who governs, who cards digs than how, right? They've got to defend him as a team and these guys as a team by understanding their assignments, being disciplined with their eyes and physical at the point of the attack. They can do that. They got a chance to slow this offense down. Perez, this one from the 816. How big was that game for Honey Badger, baiting Mayfield into the pick? You know, I I love the interception for Honey Badger because like this was really building his Hall of Fame resume. One thing that was really important to him was getting all decade, but like he also needed like clutch playoff moments. And like that's what those little moments are for these guys. Like he'll have two more opportunities this year, hopefully, if you're a Chiefs fan, to to continue to pad his stats. So it was a big deal. And he's a respected guy, man. He's a he's a made guy in the NFL. But as far as padding his Hall of Fame resume, like he needs like big moments like this. So that was really cool to see. And I mean, you're watching Badger at the peak of his powers. Like the 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 eye just the, the eyes there, the ball skills. That was just a great play, man. And the one thing, too, about the Honey Badger, first-team All-Pro, you're a Hall of Fame voter. Is he in there, too, because he's kind of changed the position where we've seen other guys like Jeremy Chin, you name it, the safety-linebacker combo? Is he is he evolutionized football? It's something that I'm going to use in my my argument, Lord willing. I'm still the one giving that speech. Oh, um, are you? In 20 years. Okay. You know, if I'm still the guy, you know, when that comes, you know, I'll be I will be mentioning that, you know, because he changes the numbers. Like, his ability to play versus the runner pass means that, you know, they don't have to always match up on you. I mean, that means they can play nickel almost all the time, which gives you a lot of flexibility, and that doesn't let teams, like, kind of play with your base packages and your sub packages. Um, plus, you get more reps that way. It's just better. So that will help him, Bink. That's a great point. All right, Trez. Thank you very much. Trez Paylor Show will be podcasted here soon. Thank you, Trez. No, thank you, man. Appreciate it. There you go, Therese Paler right there. Coming up next, though, is Red Reaction with Nick Price and Dusty Likens. You got something to say? Will you say it? Dusty's right here, Nick, to take your calls. 913-576-7610. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.